The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio 680 WPTF and 98.5 FM. This is the Turning Your Life Around podcast, presented by 180 Counseling, hosted by founder Sarah Coates, a licensed clinical mental health counselor. In this podcast, Sarah and her team of therapists will dive deep into many topics on mental health care. Here's your host, Sarah Coates. Hello and welcome to the Turning Your Life Around podcast. I'm Sarah Coates and I'm joined again by my colleague, Michael Garner. Hello, how are you? Michael is a licensed marriage and family therapist in our Johnston County Garner location. And as we're talking today, if you wish to continue the conversation with Michael, you are welcome to reach out to him in the Garner location. So thanks for joining us again today. Thank you. It's almost Valentine's Day. And since Valentine's Day is usually the month of love in February, and obviously it centers around couples. I thought your idea to talk about emotional intelligence is a really good topic for us to hit on and discuss a little bit in light of Valentine's Day. Absolutely. There's so much focus on getting flowers and chocolates and bears, but those only last so long. The emotional intelligence, which leads to emotional intimacy, is kind of what I call the gift that keeps on giving. It lasts much longer than a bouquet of flowers. Yes, that is true. Although I think a lot of ladies like flowers. I'll speak personally. Chocolate, maybe. But yes, of course. Mix this with it. Oh, you got the full package. So let's define for the audience, what is emotional intelligence? Sure. There's a lot of focus on just intelligence. You've got like the street smarts and the book smarts, and that's great and can take you pretty far in life. But I would suggest it's only going to take you so far. The emotional intelligence, what separates that from regular IQ, for example, is it really helps you to connect with the people around you. And so if you don't have this component, you're always going to struggle or lack, especially when it comes to the romantic relationships. Yes. So literally just hearing you say that made me think about a client I was working with. And she was describing just that, that her husband was, he was trying to meet her emotionally and give her gifts, but totally missing the mark. Absolutely. Um, And even I was sitting there thinking, man, why is he missing the mark? What is happening here? Mm -hmm. And so maybe that's what you're talking about, the emotional intelligence. Absolutely. The emotional intelligence is, again, recognizing the value that is found in emotions. And a lot of guys, as we know, very stereotypical, but it's true. They don't place as much value on the emotions. And so when there's an issue, they just want to solve it. And the wife is left sitting there like, I don't want you to solve it. I just want you to hear me. I just want you to understand at least my perspective. And that's where there's such a gap. So the emotional intelligence is I've got to recognize on my end what's going on for me. What am I experiencing? What am I feeling? What's the big issue for my end? But I've also got to see if I can recognize where the other person's coming from. And then I've got to be able to communicate and allow the differences to coexist when it comes to the different perspectives and stuff. So what would be some roadblocks? to emotional intelligence? I think the first thing is the intensity of the emotions. Obviously, if the more upset we get or the more anxious or stressed we get, we start to feel our heart starting to beat even faster and faster. And there's research that says as our heart beats even faster, the logical part of our brain completely shuts mm. off, like it's almost dead. And all that's left is the emotional part, which is the seat of the fight, flight, or freeze. Imagine an argument, for example, erupting, 
and the emotions are so intense, of course you can't solve it. There's no way to solve it because we're so wrapped up in the emotions, we're losing the whole objectivity of what is really going on. And what I call the core issue is being completely forgotten. So for those of us who are much more emotionally sensitive, for example, we've got to learn to keep those emotions in check and keep those at a good level and kind of manage it there so that we can still deal with the core issue as it shows up. Which makes me think that it probably leads to another roadblock that Mm -hmm. you have mentioned is the lack of awareness. So when you were just talking about this intensity of emotion and you're so emotionally fueled in your Mm -hmm. disagreement or discussion, you probably do have lack of awareness Mm -hmm. of your own emotion regulation, things going on around and inside of you. So when you mention roadblocks, you've told me before lack of awareness Mm -hmm. is a roadblock. Expound on that. This is where guys honestly struggle the most. Most of the time, guys want to just stuff down the emotions. We may be really good at work because we can put our nose to the grind and just push our way through. And it's great on the work standpoint, but it's horrible when it comes to the romantic relationships. For those people who are not as emotionally aware, we've got to start to recognize emotions are always there. They always exist. And we've got to give it its value and recognize the importance of it and start to just simply be aware, okay, the emotions are existing, which ultimately the emotions is what points us to what the core issue is. If we don't recognize any sense of emotions at all, we're going to keep getting stuck because we're not really solving the problem. That's Mm -hmm. why the same arguments happen day in and day out because the core issue is not being addressed at all. So then what would be another roadblock? The last area that comes to mind with a roadblock to emotional intelligence is sometimes we get so wrapped up in ourselves. Meaning if, for example, my wife or my wife and I are in an argument, I'm so focused on what I'm feeling, what I feel as if I was wronged, my perspective, I often discount her. Or sometimes we get so wrapped up in thinking, well, since I feel this way, you surely must be feeling mm. the same way. Since I think it's wrong, you must also feel it's wrong. Since I'm offended, of course that person would be offended, which isn't always the case. So the emotional intelligence recognize there's a difference in how one person experiences the same situation as compared to someone else, again, going through the same situation, has a completely different different emotional take Mm -hmm. from that because we're different humans we're wired differently and we also bring to the table different experiences Mm -hmm. past history past trauma past experiences that's why yeah i think we should be cautious in assuming certain people are going to react a certain way in a certain situation Mm -hmm. because we don't know what they're bringing to the table absolutely how do we develop emotional intelligence I think the first thing is we've got to begin to kind of slow down our reaction time. So when a situation happens, some of us, we may need to take a time out mm. so that we can begin to really process it. Others, it's I've got to take a time out so I can keep my emotions in check, etc. Just depends on where we stand on this dichotomy. But we've got to begin to slow down and process. And some people are like, well... Michael, how do you process things? Mm -hmm. For me, I try to make it as simple as I can, very, quote unquote, easy for someone to understand the idea of what it looks like. And that's really answering two questions. What 
and why. What is the issue? What's going on? What are the facts that is presenting itself? But also the why. Why is this a big deal for me? Why do I find myself so afraid of this situation? Why is it that I'm getting so angry or defensive with that? If we can honestly answer those two components, again, we're going to be more fully aware. Now, the second thing is, again, with emotional intelligence, I've got to recognize my own place, but I've got to be able to recognize and consider where the other person's coming from. So just as I'm asking myself the what and the why, I've got to consider what's going on from their perspective. How is it that they are seeing this maybe differently? Why is this a big deal for them? Or why do they not see this as much of a big deal for me? And if you've been with your partner, significant other, spouse for a while, you might know their backstory. Mm -hmm. So you might be able to slow down and say, ah, I know why this is triggering my person. Sure. Because you know their back history, their Mm -hmm. past experiences, Mm -hmm. and you're able to maybe better able consider the other person. One of my greatest mentors, I love him to death. He said, Michael, you've got to be a student of your wife. Mm, You've got to study her. You've got to know her. Just as much as you study at the time what I was studying, you've got to do the same thing with your wife. So you've got to always be aware of where they're coming from. But here's where I think a lot of people get tripped up. Sometimes we're misinterpreting what's going on. That's where our assumptions, our biases, or judgments jump in. Well, she's just out to get me. Mm. Well, he just doesn't care about me. See, here he is running away from the problem again. In reality, he may not be running away from the problem. Maybe he's just being triggered himself. He doesn't want to lash out, so he needs space and time. And so we've got to recognize where these assumptions may be off so that we can accurately look at and consider where the other person is coming from. And then, of course, the last thing is we've got to allow the communication Mm -hmm. to exist where I can share my perspective, why something is such a big deal for me allow my spouse to be able to share the same thing, truly hear where she's coming from, which allows us to get to what I call the core issue at that point. Well, and just thinking about the communication piece, if someone is going to take a purposeful time out during a disagreement and they just walk away, Mm -hmm. then the other person is left thinking, see, there they are running Mm -hmm. away again. But if they communicate, I need a time out, I need to take about 30 minutes to kind of process what's happening. Then the other person understands they're not leaving me or running away from the problem. They're taking a purposeful time out, like you were mentioning earlier about slowing down. Absolutely. What are some of the benefits of emotional intelligence? Well, the first thing, as I mentioned before, is the increased awareness. Some people who have a hard time with the emotions are just very sensitive to kind of what's going on and they can get charged pretty quickly. What I found is the more aware they are, okay, this is what's going on. This is why I have such a strong reaction to this. They Maybe they tie it back to a childhood trauma mm-hmm. situation or a previous poor relationship or a previous poor decision or how they were burned before. When they can put a name in a sense on what it is they're experiencing, that often decreases the intensity of it. So again, the awareness is going to be huge on that level. The second thing kind of goes along with that is we have much more self-control. Because now I'm aware of where I'm coming from. I hopefully can be aware of where the other person's coming from. I've got the ability to make the right decision that's going to best benefit both of us or the relationship as a whole. So instead of me coming into a situation only offering suggestions that's going to benefit me, Mm -hmm. I'm aware of the other person. I'm going to make suggestions. Hopefully it's going to benefit them 
as well. Of course, going along with that, as we mentioned before, is communication. The more we talk about what's going on, what it is I'm experiencing, the more I allow, in this case, my spouse to communicate where they're coming from. It obviously improves communication. The more you talk, the more you talk about real issues, it creates a deeper communication level. The healthiest relationships talk about all things, not just the weather and the schedule and the kids, but there's a freedom to be able to talk about touchy subjects, whether it's coming to finances or how to handle difficult situations with the kids or the in-laws. Boundaries, we can talk about subjects of which we may even disagree, but we know that the other person is going to allow us to feel whatever it is that we're experiencing and we can feel safe in that environment. So obviously improved communication and what comes with that is kind of the outflow of that is the emotional connection or the emotional intimacy. I feel safe that this person at least understands where I'm coming from. They may not agree. That almost becomes irrelevant Hmm. because I don't care if they agree or disagree. They at least understand where I'm coming from. They understand why this is such a big deal for me. And so this emotional intimacy really grows and develops from there. There's this rich emotional connection. And then of course, there's a huge connection between the physical connection and the emotional connection. The more emotionally close you feel with the other person, the easier it is to go into the physical arena as well. So it's kind of a little side benefit. Yeah, a little side benefit. (laughs) Wouldn't you say so many couples get into therapy because they say they can't communicate? Mm -hmm. And this is the missing piece. Mm -hmm. It's the emotional intelligence because either the emotions are too intense or they discount the emotion so there's a lack of an awareness Mm -hmm. or they just don't allow both parties to kind of coexist with differing perspectives. Yeah. There's still a way to work through it. They just get so lost into, well, this is why I'm feeling. And if you feel something different, you're wrong. I think a a tip for the guys listening right now, your wife, your woman Mm -hmm. wants to be met emotionally. She wants to be heard from an emotional perspective. Women are wired emotionally and not to be a stereotypical, but most women are more emotionally wired than males. Mm -hmm. And when your emotional needs are met, the physical connection increases. That's a selling point for the guys, by the way. Yeah. Bingo. (laughs) And I think a lot of guys dive straight in for the physical connection because that's what they desire, but they're missing the key component, which is you have to be emotionally aware enough to connect with your, with your wife. Absolutely. Maybe you have some advice for the women, as I was just talking to the guys. For the women's perspective, when a couple of women get together and they have an issue, of course, they're just going to talk about it. They're going to talk about how it makes them feel, the impact it's got on them, and those sorts of things. So there is a value in also looking at the concrete, what's really going on. At some point, we've got to get to a solving and a resolution. So we've got to give space and allowance for the emotions. But then again, the guys need to step in at that point is when we can really validate, this is where I'm speaking to the guys, Mm -hmm. when we can really validate uh, where our wife is coming from or significant other is coming from, they're going to be more willing to now hear us, Mm -hmm. which allows us to get to the core issue. And then from there, it becomes almost effortlessly and easy to resolve an issue there. I think back to a couple I was working with several months ago, maybe last year at some point, they had this conflict they were fighting over for years is regarding a dog. It wasn't a big deal, but they just kept fighting over it. And so we talked about this whole idea, and I kid you not, within one session, (laughs) they came to a resolution because finally he really listened to the heart of where she was coming from, the emotions and all. 
Right. And she worked on keeping her emotions in check, which allowed him to actually hear her. Mm. Then they were able to get to the core issue of why this is a big deal for her, why this is a big deal for him. And within 45 minutes, (laughs) they had this great plan. And I'm like, okay, let's see how long this lasts. They came back two weeks later. I said, so how's this dog issue? They said, we haven't fought over it in two weeks. It's been amazing. And so every so often when I saw him next couple of weeks, still going okay? Yeah, like it was gone. Yeah. It was just completely gone because of the emotional awareness that both of them were able to have for where the other person was coming from. That's great. It sounds like some really important key pieces that we can take and apply to our own relationships. Is there anything else that you can share with the audience in the way of emotional intelligence? This is great, not just for relationships, but imagine putting this into the business perspective. Yeah. For those business people out there who are struggling on the interpersonal side of things, like it's great, you may know your craft, Mm. but understanding the EQ is really gonna take your business to the next level. So when you can apply the emotional intelligence in all relationships, Mm -hmm. whether it's in the romantic world or in the business standpoint, again, it's gonna take you further than just any old book knowledge or street smarts that you might have. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you very much for sharing about emotional intelligence. And if you're listening today and you want to go further in this conversation with Michael, you know where to find him in our Garner office. Just thanks again for sharing your knowledge here. No problem. Thank you. You've been listening to the Turning Your Life Around podcast presented by 180 Counseling with five triangle locations to serve you. Learn more at 1-80counseling.com. This has been an exclusive presentation of News Radio 680 WPTF and 98.5 FM, a Curtis Media Group station.